0: with
1: authority
0: it is another quarantine edition of our with authority podcast larry beale casey pratt chris Alvarez, and our special guest is warriors head coach steve kerr steve we felt just like your playing days we had to triple team you uh, the moment we started so that you would you give up the ball or, or do what i don't know if you have anybody to pass to in your house but we felt that that would be an appropriate way to start
1: I am used to this, you know, from from my playing days. I'm glad you recognized uh, that analogy. And so I'm, I'm well equipped to handle uh, the triple team. So bring it on.
0: But not so much a razor is what I see. Are you going <laughs> Grizzly Adams here? What is happening? How many days you were starting to look like Tom Hanks on the island? Are you talking to a volleyball named Wilson?
1: I have a basketball named Spalding, but same concept. Uh, Larry, you should know this. There's no rules anymore. Nothing, nothing applies. Uh, what time it is, it doesn't matter what day it is. Um, whether I have a razor or not, none of it matters. So, you know, we, we just, here we are and we have to survive.
0: All right, so uh, this is um, kind of dealer's choice here because you've been doing a lot of shows, a lot of podcasts. Uh, thank you for being great, just with your time. Do you want to start with serious? or do you wanna start with completely absurd just to break up the monotony because I know everybody's asking Last Dance and Warriors related, what would you prefer uh, since you're, you're the guest?
1: I feel like the host should always stay in his sweet spot. So let's go with the absurd, Larry.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> is, that a, is that a shot? Was what that an
3: insult? What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> What? No what? rules, Larry. No rules. All right.
0: All right. Well, then fine. Good. I'm glad you went that direction because that's where I wanted to go. Perfect. Uh, so let's start with this. When are you going to pay me the $2,000 you owe me?
1: I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, what? 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 Oh,
0: oh, oh, oh yes. So what,
1: here's. What's that from?
0: I've explained this to Raymond already, and uh, I'm assuming that I've done it on the podcast, and I know you listen regularly, so I'm, so I'm shocked uh, that you're not aware, but. Before the start of the season, uh, this is uh, well before the start of the season, actually. I, I was talking with Casey about making a sizable bet because the Warriors' over under was 47 or 48 wins. And I was going to take, you know, educated NBA uh, analyst that I am from hanging out with you, I was going to take the under on that for about 2,000. And uh, so we were discussing where to make this uh, wager legally, of course, of course. And uh, and then I wake up the next morning, and I see you blurted out to Logan Murdoch that Clay Thompson is probably gonna miss most of the season, and then, and then I'm scrambling on my phone. I'm trying to get, where can I get this bet? Gone, gone, they took Blake. it off the board. Yeah. What, why?
1: <laughs> you know, I try to be honest, Larry. I try to, to give our fans so the, the truth. I know the truth is elusive these days, uh, <laughs> but I, I try to be a you know beacon of honesty. So, if you can't handle that, um, you know that's on you. I, I, I
0: can't handle the truth. I'm liking the ejaculator. You can Venmo me still. You can Venmo me. It's okay. It's okay. okay. I'll, I'll give you. Yeah. I'll give you the number afterwards. Yeah, like, Daisy jump.
3: Time. I'll try to take it to a less absurd level. Uh, <laughs> i had mentioned before we started recording again hit right in the chest by a water balloon as I was walking up here. So I quickly changed my shirt. But I mean, right now, how do you kind of take this situation, this global pandemic and turn it into a positive? Because I know myself, I'm seeing way more of my kids than I would have otherwise. So I would imagine you're having the same kind of situation at home, being able to see your family a lot more.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, that's what we're trying to do. We, we have all three of our kids at home with us uh, and uh, they're they're. Uh, significant others. So we've got eight people under our roof. Um, and since we're empty nesters, this is really uh, a rare opportunity for my wife and me. Uh, so we're really enjoying the, the company and um, trying to make the most of the time we have together with our family and and ride, ride this thing out. And then from a work standpoint, I think it's giving uh, our organization a chance to kind of step back and assess things and we haven't really had much of an opportunity to do that you know over the last five six years Uh, because we've been playing deep into june and then going right into the draft and free agency so all of a sudden we're we're uh, blessed i guess uh, is the is the word with with time maybe not blessed but we are given this extra time and so we have to make the most of it. And that's what we're trying to do uh, as an organization is, is try to get better, see see where we can improve, really do some self-assessment and uh, try to prepare for, for next
3: year. Now, you can be honest. I know Raymond had said that you've done something like 40 interviews, especially because of The Last Dance. Is that maybe a little bit to get away from the family too?
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I, I'm sitting in my office. This is uh, this is definitely my uh, sanctuary. So um, I'm pretty sure my family's happier than I am, though, to get away from me. So uh, everybody, it works for everybody.
2: Steve, uh, when we spoke, this is a long time ago at uh, Media Day, and I chatted with you about, uh, I think you're very funny. You talk about being honest, but uh, I joked with you about you could be a comedian, and you talked about you like going to some stand-up in Chicago. Can you talk to the fans about uh, your comedic ability or your kind of uh, improv skills?
1: Oh, man. Um, I'm not sure if I actually have uh, skills. Uh, I I definitely enjoy improv comedy, so I go to to, uh, shows occasionally. I actually just did something with Second City a couple of days ago. They're uh, putting on um, online shows um, with various skits, um, you know, actors at, at at home, and they got in touch with me and asked me to be a part of one. So I think it's coming out this evening. Um, oh, perfect. So i kind of looking forward to that, and it should be fun. But uh, it's definitely a uh, – you know something that i've i've been invited to do occasionally based on my uh, my job description in in the working world more than my comedic timing for sure well,
2: how is the challenge between improv in person or something like on on zoom because when we're talking in the podcast we like take a break and like okay whose question is it next so how is how is improv on a on a virtual reality level
1: well it was um it was fun, we basically had um, a similar setup to this. There were four people involved and, and um, you know, uh, two people acting and two people, uh, you know, kind of doing the uh, directing and the um, the technological work. And, and so we we kind of did some, um, a couple of rehearsals and then some read-throughs and, and uh, you know, the beauty of it is they can just, uh, Edit it and and take whatever clips they want and put it together. So, uh, it, I think you can find it on YouTube uh, starting tonight. I think it's coming out tonight, but uh, yeah, it should be fun.
0: That's very cool. That's so different from probably anything you've ever done.
1: Very different, and um, you know, I think that's um, that's part of what we're all experiencing right now is. Uh, you know, I didn't even know what Zoom was until uh, a few weeks ago, and now um, I'm on this uh, this computer every single day, and and this has become the number one way of communicating. And uh, so we're all sort of learning a, a new way of of life and and living. So you just uh, you just adapt and adjust.
0: So um, I have a question here, and I don't know if you. Um want to try to clarify this because I know don't uh, you saw the, the tweet from LeBron today saying that some people are talking about the season being over. And he's like, it's, it's there's nothing over it. we we want to play. He wants to play. But when you were at USF uh, zooming into them, you said it felt like the Warriors' season was over. And I think there was some, uh, a lot of conjecture about what that actually meant and whether he, it was just your, your inner feeling, or that you think that the league would come back once the playoffs, We uh, just go straight into the playoffs, or, or so what exactly were you trying to say there just to, to remove any confusion, if there is any?
1: Well, first of all, I made the classic mistake of thinking I'm, I'm just doing an interview, uh, or a Zoom with, with some USF students and faculty, and you know, with Rick Welts and Jennifer Azy, we're just uh, doing something educational and, and informative for the USF community and not thinking that this was gonna become a story. And uh, I should know better than that, especially these days, there's, there's no sports content out there. And so um, you know, somebody's listening, uh, a media member's listening, and all of a sudden it becomes a story. Um, my response was really to the question that Jennifer asked terms of what are we doing to keep our players motivated and prepared and I, I was just being honest when you've been off for seven weeks and you know you have the worst record in the NBA and there, there are re- really very uh, very few glimpses of uh, anything starting up soon mm-hmm. around the NBA it's kind of hard to to look at it any other way now we're well aware that we may be asked To play, and if we are, we'll be ready to go, and we'll our our guys will uh, be given, you know, several weeks. I'm sure to to practice, and we'll we'll get back together on the floor and and prepare. Um, But the reality is where we are. um, Nobody knows anything, and uh, and the league is desperately trying to uh, come up with different. Possibilities uh, for the season reopening. And I know we all want to see that. But for us and our team, uh, given that we've already been eliminated from the playoffs, it's just kind of the reality of where we are. Okay. Now,
3: I know that um, you had talked a little bit, alluded to a little bit earlier, how things have changed, you know, communicating with the team via Zoom and all that. But how much is this kind of pumping of the brakes giving you guys the extra time? the extra advantage of really internally looking at everything you guys are doing. I know this is usually not a luxury for your team, especially with the deep final runs you've had the last five or so years.
1: Yeah, so that's really been, um, you know, one of the, the things we're really trying to take advantage of is that extra time uh, to assess what what we're doing and how we're doing it and uh, where can we get better. And, uh, you know, we we it, it, right now we're realizing you know how busy we are, uh, and how busy we've been in the past, uh, going from directly from playoffs to draft to free agency, and then you kind of just want to get away for a few weeks, then you start it back up again. So this is a, this is a totally different mindset for our organization. And Bob and I talk a lot almost every day, and he's uh, working with his staff. I'm working with my own staff, and we're we're really really hashing out. You know what we can do better where we can improve it's a chance to to assess and that's uh, that's what we're trying to do
2: coach um obviously this is a global pandemic and there's a lot of negatives but there's also some positives that come out of it and people like yourself or steph just to name a few use your platform to educate or even provide like you know steph with his daughter uh, riley and homeschooling so what have you thought about specifically what steph has done both with dr fauci and some of the behind the scenes fun videos with aisha and his family
1: yeah, I think Steph has been amazing. Um, you know, so one of the things I really admire about him is that he understands the power that he holds with his platform and um, just with how many people uh, are enamored with with him and his life, and and so he uses that power for good. You know, he, he uses that platform and his social media platform uh, to raise money, to raise awareness, to to educate. To keep people entertained, and uh, you know, we're really lucky to have Steph as uh, you know one of the one of the real faces of our franchise, and we're we're very proud of the work he's done. You know, during this uh, this quarantine,
0: I know you've been really busy because now you got your own podcast with Pete Carroll. Um, How did that come about, and how much are you enjoying it? I'm, I'm enjoying listening. Just from the standpoint of, of two guys who have to, you know, you're, you're taking on all these teams and the sports are obviously very different, but some of the core principles are the same in terms of what you're trying to accomplish with your guys.
1: Yeah, so Pete and I uh, have been friends for, I guess, six years or so. I've, I first went up there to Seattle to visit him before I became, or before I started coaching the Warriors in 14. I'd already been named coach, but I hadn't had a, uh, my first training camp yet, so I was just trying to visit various coaches and and learn and, and try to prepare for my own job, And Pete and I really hit it off, so we've remained friendly ever since, and we were talking a few weeks ago and trying to think about something we could do to help, and uh, this is kind of where we uh, ended up, was uh, let's do a podcast, kind of a something different, a coaching podcast, uh, talking uh about our jobs and um you know the challenges we face and how they relate to the challenges that any coach faces at, at every level and then using that as a, a way to raise money for covid relief and and so we partnered with uh, spotify and the ringer and uh we're, we're trying to do a podcast every week and spotify has made uh, donations to uh, both the Warriors Foundation and the Seahawks Foundation and and all that money is going to uh, various relief um, funds in in both communities. So it's been fun and I'm enjoying it and and it's a a good way for us to to try to contribute.
0: Who came up with the name Flying Coach? Because neither one of you has flown coach in decades, come (laughs) on.
1: Larry, I'm a Southwest guy, just so you know. but i, I did I did not come up with a name. Uh, Craig Horlback, our uh, our producer, who does a great job. He came up with the name. It's outstanding. And uh, Pete and I are just trying to figure out what the hell we're doing. but uh, it's it's been a lot of fun.
0: So when you get on the the plane, because you you probably do the shuttle because you're going down to San Diego right. a lot. Are you, are you one of those guys that goes straight to the back because you're trying to, you know, you're Steve Kerr, you don't want all the, you know, the, the hangers on and uh, or do you go right straight, right straight to the, to the first or second row? What kind of a guy are you?
1: I go third row, third or fourth row. I don't want to be, you know, first row is tough, you know, bulkhead, all that. Yeah. Um, but I want to be near the front of the plane to get off quickly. And uh, I, I'm not one of those people who, when they say, you know, would the A's please line up, I'm not, not jumping up to get in line. You know, I just, I wait till the plane starts to board. And then, you know, I kind of slide in wherever my number says and just try to, you know, lay low. Third row window, you know, kind of my, my, my style.
0: So you do the, the eight-time champion strut to the yes. A section? Is that what that- <laughs> That's kind yes. of a swagger oh. where you can kind of yeah. slide into your your slot right there.
1: Uh, yeah. And sometimes I ask the question, you know, do you know who I am? You know, <laughs> uh, I like to th- I like to throw that out there sometimes.
3: Larry tries that all the time, it doesn't work though.
1: The answer is no. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if you keep growing that beard any longer, they're
0: gonna say, Aren't you Ted Kaczynski? I mean, aren't you should you be? Where are you? <laughs>
2: Coach, one of the things I'm amazed by, and I hear athletes that win championships, it's all about winning the ring. But a lot of times, you guys either put them away or you wear them on very special occasions. So you go and you play your whole career, you coach your whole career, and you want to win a ring, but then you guys don't really use them. True. Why is that?
1: Well, first of all, they're they're enormous and gaudy. <laughs> um, so it's, it's almost impossible to wear them, I think, in a social gathering. Um, so it's more something uh, that you have that you uh, show people, but it's also strange because uh, you know, like I have mine in a safe deposit box because they're they're worth a lot, sure. and I don't you know I don't want to just have them hanging around. So I think the uh, the ones that I have from my playing days have been in a safe deposit box for years, and I haven't even haven't even taken a look at them. So. <laughs> it's weird it's it's really much more about the uh, the memories and uh, that it is the the actual rings, but uh, the rings are pretty cool to have
3: I know we talked to uh Dennis Eckersley right before all this hit and he he told us that he keeps his rings in a safe deposit box but he also said he's built what he calls a gloating room, where he has all of his pictures and things, and he can just sit up there and just kick back and go, "Ah, <laughs> oh, look at what I did." Uh, do you have <laughs> anything like
1: that? <laughs> Shrine. Yes, uh, I have. I have a few mementos in my office. Um, I have the Spalding basketball that I have befriended here during the uh, pandemic, uh, but I got a few photos from uh, you know my. My bulls and and spurs days and uh, a few uh, I guess a few few items that are kind of cool, but um, they're they're kind of tucked away in in this office and uh, it's, it's yeah it, it's one of those things where you on the one hand you you kind of like the memories on the other hand you, you don't you don't also want to completely live in the past so kind of find try to find the right balance of of having a few things here and there.
3: How has the the last dance, though, in a way kind of forced you to live in the past? I know that we all know you and in the Bay Area know you for your successful post-playing career. There's a lot of young kids that are Warriors fans that probably weren't even alive when you played for the Bulls. So how kind of fun is it to, to be forced to dive back in to your playing days and see the exposure of people that are seeing you in that way now?
1: It's uh, There's a kind of a combination of feelings um, of uh... – you know nostalgia i haven't seen any of this footage before and it's been 22 years so you know i'm i'm watching it just like you guys are um, i haven't watched anything in advance and i'm com- i'm watching on sunday nights with my family <clears throat> and uh, so when i see the footage it's it's a it's brand new for me but it's it's great reminders of uh, you know that season and and that run with the bulls and then there's a little bit of a feeling of self-consciousness too because you you know especially right now uh, the whole country's uh watching this this you know the sports fans in our country are watching and uh you just you know when you watch your younger self um you, I, I don't know most people probably feel a little self-conscious um and so that's how i feel I, i'm a little nervous about upcoming episodes how much they're going to show and and uh what happens but um it's more than anything, it's it's nostalgic and it's, and it's fun to see the old days. And my kids are really enjoying it because they were they were really young when, when all that happened.
0: Yeah, I, I had a little cameo in episode one uh, from 1995. I, I saw it. And uh, I was not watching. I, I was DVRing the show. And then I started getting all these text messages from people going, oh, oh, oh. And I thought, oh no, what did, what did they pick? What did they, what did they- Harry <laughs> actually
2: texted us and said, don't you know who I am? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to my flight on Southwest and I thought, <laughs> watch this clip right here. 1995, Hornets <laughs> Bulls highlight, at 48.
1: A15 right here, pal. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah it's, good. it's my best 15 seconds. Uh, So, all right, there's so many different directions to go here. I know you, how much time do you spend daily or weekly watching college players or high school players getting ready for the eventual NBA draft?
1: Um, I try to watch uh, draft guys every day, uh, at least a game or two, Um, you know, and, and I'm just taking the cues of our front office. And so, you know, I've got a ton of games on my computer and I'll just I'll get um, you know the info from from our front office and uh, scouts saying hey take a look at this guy what do you think, and uh, so that's that's been fun because I've never done this before you know we because we've been uh, in the finals up up until a, just a couple of weeks before the draft I've really never uh, taken part in the draft I've just been an observer. And, uh, so this is different for me and it's fun to, to, uh, really assess these guys and have a better feel, especially since we're going to have a high pick and uh, it's still, it's still Bob's selection, you know, as it should be, he's done a great job. He and his staff over the years and, um, uh, you know, he will take my, uh, assessment in, into account. Um, uh, but you know, I, I don't. I don't believe a coach should have personnel decision-making power. I think it's too difficult to do both jobs, and and uh, we we've had that agreement uh, f- from day one that uh, you know Bob and his staff would would have personnel power, and and I would coach the team, and that's really uh, how it should be. So
0: can I help? Because I should. If I text you or should I text Bob Myers? Because I can. I want to help. I really. Yeah. And you know about because we used to work together briefly. Uh, Although I checked your Wikipedia page, which is ginormous with all of your accomplishments and your stint as Yahoo Sports basketball analyst, did not make it into your Wikipedia. I was shocked. I'm going to re-edit that page uh, to include because actually, to be you, obviously, we joke around a lot. But you are a tremendous writer. You you you're better actually than some of the NBA columnist Yahoo paid to write (laughs) NBA (laughs) basketball stories. So multi-talented, but just take Obi Toppin and and, and let me help, I I wanna help the organization.
1: (laughs) I, I, you asked just a little while ago, first of all, thank you for the nice compliment. Um, Appreciate that. But you asked a little while ago, how can I help and who should I call? So uh, by all means, call Bob.
0: Well, I'm driving the Obi Toppin bandwagon, and And six nine, two twenty five, uh, dunks on everybody. Can shoot threes. A modern NBA player. I, it's it's a no brainer. So all right, I'll have to I'll have to get a hold of Bob. I actually still have his number. He doesn't change his number like some people do.
3: But
1: uh, that's wow, um, wow, low blow.
3: Yeah. <laughs> It's probably a wise move by you, actually. Yeah, I give you credit for that. Uh, I want to get into your headspace a little bit based on the season that hopefully continues. But, you know, there's nothing harder in professional sports to win a championship, win a second championship in a row. The run you guys went on had to have been such a mental grind and a physical grind. But was that in a way harder or easier than the season you had this year? The the losing has to take its toll too. So which is more difficult as a head coach mentally?
1: Losing is is definitely harder than than winning. I mean, w- w- you know, winning ha- presents its challenges, uh, and and a lot of our internal drama has been discussed and all that stuff, but that's. That's the job. That's what you want. You want to uh, win and you want to be able to help a team navigate uh, all the bumps in the road because th- those are going to come no matter how good you are, no matter how uh, your team is built. There's just plenty of adversity. That's the coach's job. Um, this year's job was, uh, it was different. It was much more related to player development. And uh, so our staff approached it that way. And uh, in many ways, it was, it was satisfying and it was fun to see the young guys grow and, and see, uh, see them develop and see their careers start to blossom. Uh, but there's no getting around the fact that losing stinks. And it's, it just stinks to, to you know, walk off the floor night after night on the wrong end of the score um, it's no fun, so I'll take, I'll take the other way any day.
2: Coach, um, who do you talk to in the Bay Area? I know there's always the Bay Area Unite on Twitter when people start doing well, you guys all rally around each other, but are you close with the coaches up here? And if so, who do you talk to a lot? Do you talk to Kyle are you, have you talked to Gabe a lot yet? Um, do you have time for any of those conversations yet?
1: I have, uh, I've connected uh, via text uh, with Gabe, uh, with John Lynch, um, I've actually known John uh, for quite a while because uh, he has spent a lot of time in San Diego where uh, near where we are in our, uh, our family home, in the off season. And um, we've, we've actually made plans. Uh, Bob and I have made plans to visit Kyle and, and John in training camp and vice versa. And for whatever reason, Every time we've made these plans, they've fallen through. So we haven't made the connection uh, yet in terms of going to practice and visiting to, uh, each other. So it's uh, you know there hasn't been a a, a ton of uh, of that. Um, I, I've I've visited with Bruce Bruce Bochy several times, which I've um, really enjoyed. Um, and um, you know it's just uh, you know I think. I'm a big baseball fan, and so uh, I I watch the Giants. I watch the A's. I, I uh, I'm missing baseball right now. I'm missing having it on in the background, um, and it's uh, I think like everybody, I'm just kind of uh, missing missing sports in general.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I I don't know how people who are not into sports and there's a lot. <laughs> I'm like, what have you guys done for the past 20, 30 years? It's, I, it's terrible. This is it just, it's, I find it very challenging. I, it's very boring without. Um, to go back to Casey's point, you were talking about the difficulty during the season. Um, I, I did um, a story with Brandon Payne, who is Steph's personal yeah. trainer, yeah. Uh, shot doctor kind of guy. He was working with me on my shot. <laughs> Ooh, hopeless. Oh, this is that was some brutal video actually I <laughs> saw when a guy it. tells you do that like a golf swing do this do that do this don't forget to breathe bend your knees and like I, I could barely shoot the ball I was just I, all in my head and anyway Brandon's excellent a few days before Steph got hurt I was talking to Brandon and I was saying can you I'm worried about him getting hurt can you tell him to just ease off the throttle a little bit the kamikaze drive into the lane we don't need that right now and he said yeah sure uh, we've had the conversation about a thousand times that is the way he is wired and he he's not capable of easing back when you know he sees a moment available to him do you have those conversations with him and, and maybe you could discuss his competitive drive and what has turned him into a guy who seventh pick in the, in the draft but there were questions and i know he Uh, posts occasionally uh, all the the disses that too slow not athletic all this stuff the makeup of Steph and what makes him uh, who he is
1: well he's unbelievably competitive and and his work ethic is is unparalleled really Um, when you watch him before and after practice, when you see his preparation and his routine every day he he's really a model for all of our our younger players, you know, just the way he handles all of his business uh, from the time he sets foot in the facility till the time he leaves uh, there's a There's a routine and a pattern that is is I think pretty common among great great players. You know they figure that out in a, at an early age and then they stay with that and that work ethic. Um, carries them through, and uh, so Steph, Steph, just works so hard, and a lot of that is his competitive desire, just his fire, his his desire to win. As far as him, you know, driving to the hole, like that's just such a big part of of basketball and of his game. Um, he's one of our shot creators. He's one of the guys who can break the defense down and. Uh, get the defense to react and then he kicks the ball out and then, you know, that's, that's what gets the ball moving. And um, so, w- you know, we have to, we can't, we can't live without that. And it's part of his game and he's an unbelievable finisher I- in the lane. It's one of the things he's improved upon the most, uh, you know, as his career has gone on. So um, the injury this year to me was just a, a fluke when Aaron Baines landed on him and, 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 um, He stayed healthy through most of his career going in there amongst the the tall trees. So I don't think we'll ask him to change.
3: You've been incredibly close to two of the greatest players that have ever played basketball. So it's probably impossible to distill. But what is it about those guys, Curry, Jordan, that just makes them so absolutely elite?
1: Well, I think it's the combination of the work ethic and the and the talent. You know, I think um, you know Steph has world class hand-eye coordination, maybe the best hand-eye coordination of anybody I've ever seen. I think Clay Thompson is is right there with him. Um, Michael Jordan was the most gifted athlete. Um, in the NBA, I think, you know, when he was playing from just a, a size and speed standpoint, there, there were other guys who were, uh, you know, maybe close, uh, if not even with him, but nobody had the combination of that kind of athleticism and work ethic. And that's where, you know, Steph and, and Michael are the most similar. You, you, you get that combination the work ethic and the skill and the uh, the natural talent. And, and it just snowballs, you know, working and working and working and believing and the confidence growing. Um, there's a level of arrogance that I actually, um, I think binds those two, even though they're totally different human beings, um, I think Michael and, and Steph are the two most confident players I've ever been around. And, um, uh, it's incredible really to, to watch that, that depth of confidence. And especially in a, like in a playoff game, you know, Steph a few years ago at a playoff game, he was over 10 from three in Portland and he made his 11th and he shimmied after, after the shot, I gave him crap afterwards. I'm like, you're one for 11, you can't shimmy, you know, but, Nobody does that, but Steph, Steph did, and Michael did, and there, there's this deep, deep level of confidence that comes with that amazing uh, package of, of gifts that each one has.
2: Coach, um, Michael had said, you know, recently it's been said, you can't say my name without saying Scottie Pippen. Same almost, I don't know if it can be said, but Steph, you gotta have a, there's a Batman and a Robin. Clay is Steph's Robin, if you will. Um, so can you draw comparisons between Scottie and Clay?
1: Um, you know, it's never struck me before that those two would be lumped together. I think Clay is uh, <clears throat> Clay is a, a unique talent, um, you know, in, in and of himself. I mean, he's uh, he, he's just our energizer bunny. He's a guy who just never stops uh, competing. You know, he's uh, guarding the toughest guy defensively. Uh, has the ability to switch onto a a big guy and guard the post. And then at the other end, he's running around screens all day and never gets tired. And so the combination of Steph and Clay, I think Mark Jackson said it years ago, and he was right. That's the best shooting backcourt of all time. Um, But it's it's just the the way they complement one another. That is so uh, incredible, and I guess that's the that's the analogy you're making with Scotty and Michael is that the the complementary nature of what each one does for the other um, is really fun to watch, and it's and and they, they really love playing together, and they respect each other so much, and and it's uh, just amazing to watch them compete every day.
0: Since we're talking about players, I'm wondering uh, the season before, how many times. Uh, were you staring at the ceiling late at night sensing that KD was kind of slipping away and thinking, what can I do to salvage the situation?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, I think you have to put it into context. Um, the fifth year of this run was very similar to, you know, the the season the Bulls had the, the last dance. That was the sixth Sixth championship for the Bulls with Michael and and, uh, and Scotty and Phil. Um, you think about Kobe and Shaq together in L.A. You know, they won three straight. Um, my point is that when you put these teams together uh, in the NBA and teams that string championships together, it's so exhausting and it it it's like burning the candle at both ends after a few years and and so it's i guess what i'm saying is that our situation was not unique you know with with uh, the drama that we had uh, um trying to keep everything together the same thing has happened over and over again in nba history and uh, and so I knew, and i I lived through it as a player with Chicago, so I knew just the physical and mental emotional exhaustion was was settling in. I could feel it the the previous season even and um, and so I knew it would be difficult so i don 't know that I laid awake at night, but it was the main focus of our coaching uh, endeavors that season was how can we keep things fresh? How can we keep these guys locked in on the goal? Because we all knew um, we were sort of near the end of the run as, as a group.
3: Now we'll take it off basketball a little bit for a second here. I know that, that we're all cooped up in our own homes right now and everyone's dealing with it differently, but what are some of the things that the Kerr family is doing to pass the time? Are their favorite shows, are their favorite board games, are their favorite competitions? What are you guys doing to pass time right now, other than podcasts?
1: Speaking of which, are you in Jerry Seinfeld's uh, living room right now? <laughs> yes,
3: I am. I uh, this is this is a uh, wonderful Zoom background. I figured I would go with Seinfeld's living room today.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. It only took me like forty minutes to figure that out. So. <laughs> it's
3: subtle. That's why it works. It's very it's a very <laughs> subtle thing, but it's it's fun. Uh, so
1: yeah, we are. Um, as I mentioned, you know, we got eight people under the roof and a dog. So um, we're keeping each other company, we're uh, cooking a lot, um, cooking almost every night and uh, sharing the cooking responsibilities. And uh, and then I mean, what I've found is that the dinners are coming later and later, you know, like time has no context anymore. And so all of a sudden we're eating dinner at like nine, it's like, what, you know, it's like we're in Italy or something, you know, it's bizarre and, and, uh, and so we've taken on this whole different lifestyle and, and um, we're enjoying the uh dinners for longer. you know we're kind of lounging at the table and um it's 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 pretty interesting because um we're not in a rush for anything because there's nowhere we can be and no, nothing we can really do so yeah we we um, we're watching movies and you know doing jigsaw puzzles during the day and Stuff that everybody's doing, but I think the the biggest thing f- for me is just noticing that uh, you know time has sort of taken on a, a totally different meaning.
0: You surfing at all? Because you know they're closing the beaches this weekend.
1: Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't been down to the beach at all. Uh, the The beach ha- here has in San Diego has been closed for uh, most of the time since I've been down here. Uh, I, I go for walks. Um, we're inland a few miles, and and. Uh, There's a lot of space around our house where we can take walks without, uh, you know, running into a ton of people. So I'm uh, taking a lot of walks every day, getting outside.
2: Coach, you're allowing this time to grow out the beard. And I've talked to almost every guest. Some of them are cared about their haircuts or their appearance and some are just like, I'm gonna let it go. Have you tried to cut your hair? Cause I've tried YouTube videos and Casey's got his wife cutting his hair. So we're all trying different things over here.
1: Yeah, no, I I have not uh, not had the haircut yet, so um, there's no excuse for the beard. Because <laughs> you can still buy razors, but uh, I'm letting the hair go. So we'll uh, we'll see where it is a couple months from now.
0: Is this like a hockey playoff beard, like a quarantine beard? You're just gonna go until yes. the, end of the playoff. You're just gonna go till the end. I like that. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, playoff beard, quarantine little, beard.
0: Little zzy top. By the time this thing is done, you're gonna. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my, my, my son has the uh, Fu Manchu w- with the soul patch going. It's just disgusting. <laughs> uh, we, you know, everybody's just doing whatever they want to do right now.
0: All right. I want to wrap it up uh, with something fun here. Uh, I mentioned the Wikipedia page, and I'm just going to go down a list of things. Um, you're the NBA career three-point shooting leader at 45%, five-time NBA champion as a player, three-time champion as a coach. We talked about your excellent writing skills at Yahoo. You're a surfer, a TV analyst, now a podcaster. Well read, you're a renaissance man. What are you really terrible at? Is there something you're just awful? I wanna know just for humanity's sake to make us feel better about ourselves.
1: First of all, my whole family would burst out laughing at you calling me a renaissance man, <laughs> but but thank you. If I can perpetuate that myth, I will. Um I am absolutely horrible around the house at fixing stuff. Like I can't figure out the remote control to save my life. You know, we're we have one of those systems where there's like a couple different remotes, you know, because you gotta you gotta do this and that. And I can't even figure out how to turn the TV on. So if anything around the house breaks down, um, that my wife takes care of that. I, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, I, I can relate. I'm really bad. Are oh, you?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, it's brutal, and I'm still just dumb enough to go. You know what? I I think I can do that, and then you're halfway <laughs> in, and uh,
1: and.
0: It, um, my, my daughter's boyfriend, his name is, is Carl and Carl is an IT computer genius and can fix anything and mechanical engineering. And this goes into the, I mean, like, and so any time anything goes wrong, we go, where's Carl? <laughs> <laughs> He's like our MVP if Carl's our MVP. We cannot live without him.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of, of having a full house around here. We got lots of, lots of, uh, kids who know what the hell they're doing with the uh with the uh the technology so that's what i do too i just i just hand the computer or the remote control to one of my kids and they figure it out
0: all right i'm gonna i'll send carl down to san diego if you have something none of the right. kids handle. He's, he's fantastic he's unbelievable i mean <laughs> uh just fantastic so are you by the way thank you so much for spending uh, this time with us i wish we could do this in person at some point uh, once all this is over and uh, kind of get back to whatever the new normal is, but uh, grow that beard want to see it in a few more weeks maybe we can do another one of these and uh, and and uh, Just stay safe and uh, and healthy and hope to see you soon.
1: You guys too. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah Thank Steve you. Kerr With authority